Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption, part of my room in the Whole House. I've been doing a series on instead of tips for kids who have had trauma in their lives. What are instead of tips? These are tips that you can use instead of using traditional parenting, which does not work. So if you missed the beginning of this series, you might want to go back into the backlist and listen to the first one in this series about why traditional parenting doesn't work. And if you've adopted or you're a foster parent, you already know that traditional parenting doesn't work with these kiddos. And also, there is an infographic that you can download on the printable resource page on thewholehouse.org of all of these instead of tips. Plus, on the back is the ideal approach. So this is something handy that you can either print off for yourself and or print off for Sunday school teachers, teachers, and um, anyone who works with your kiddos. And maybe you're in a season where you're homeschooling right now because everybody has to, but that's not always going to be the case. And I think that this series is extremely important while everyone is homebound because the truth is we can all get in survival mode. And our kiddos may be regressing, and I've gotten messages from people whose kids are regressing. Some of them are making progress after being home for a while, but it's really super important for us to focus on educating ourselves so that we can help our kiddos. So we are on tip number six today. Um, It was two weeks ago that I did five So let me just read over the ones that we've gone over so far. So these are the instead of tips for kids who have had trauma. Instead of a lecture, use simple language, 8 to 12 words total. Instead of waiting for behaviors to intensify, respond quickly. Instead of giving orders, offer simple choices. Instead of just correcting, give an immediate retraining and a redo. Instead of expecting a child to know, clarify expectations. And the one that we are going to talk about today, instead of isolating when a child is dysregulated, keep the child near you. So this is a really important one because a popular parenting tool or discipline, whatever you want to call it, is time out. And this does not work for a child who does not have the ability to regulate themselves. I'm going to read you a little section from How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos for Adoptive and Foster Parents on this parenting tool. One of the popular parenting tools frequently used is time out. As the authors of The Connected Child explain, these isolating strategies 
may be useful for biological children who are already connected and emotionally bonded to their families, but isolating and banishing strategies are extremely problematic for at-risk children because these kids are already disconnected from relationships, attachment challenged, and mildly dissociative because of their early histories of neglect and abuse. Isolation is not therapeutic for them. Instead of isolating, keep the child near you so that you can regulate for them. Now, if you remember anything about the attachment cycle, the attachment cycle is pretty simple. And what happens is when an infant is born, the mother regulates for the child. She wraps him in a blanket when he's cold. She feeds him when, she, when the baby's hungry. She changes his diaper when he's wet. And she's regulating for that child, constantly interpreting the signals from the child, interpreting what the child, the, the infant is trying to tell her or the father, the parents anyway, the caregivers. But what happens is, that infant grows up into a toddler and begins to what we call co-regulate. So the toddler will get the juice out of the fridge and try to pour some for himself. He's co-regulating. He recognizes he may be making a mess, but he recognizes, hey, I'm thirsty. Or if the toddler wants to go outside and play, he will go to his closet and find a pair of shoes. It might not be the right pair of shoes, but he will get them. I've seen toddlers do this all the time, and it's so cute. You know, you see them wearing cowboy boots when it's 90 degrees, but they got their shoes and they put them on. So they're co-regulating. So what happens is they begin to learn how to, in small snippets, how to regulate. So a child who has had trauma has had neglect or abuse or some very traumatic things happen to him and his family of origin, they may have missed that regulation. They may have also missed the co-regulation. So expecting them to regulate in isolation is just not going to work. Believe me, I tried it. I tried it. When we first adopted, I mean, I had all of the traditional parenting tools down pat. You know, I had been parenting okay-ish with my bio children, and I was kind of like, you know what, we're adopting. We adopted four at once. Like, I got this. I can do this. And then I just pretty much fell flat on my face because those things were not working. And the one that shocked me the most was the go to your room and wait until you calm down. And then I would send that child to their room and all of a sudden they're tearing apart the room and punching holes in the walls. And if you have a child who's dysregulated because of trauma and they can't regulate themselves yet, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's, you know, we are left scratching our heads like what in the world is going on? Why can't this child regulate? And the reason is, is no matter how old they are, even if they're a teenager, you have to co-regulate for them. So instead of sending them away, keep them near you. I'm not saying sit on them. 
I'm not saying that they have to sit right next to you. You're going to have to take into account your child's personality, their way of dealing with things, and their way of coping and maybe teaching them some coping mechanisms. I know that one of my kiddos, when he was a teen, and he was very upset about something, and he went downstairs to the family room by himself. He was isolating himself. And I knew at that time that was not going to turn out well, that there was probably going to be something broken, either a controller or a mirror or something. So knowing his personality, saying, oh, come up here and sit by me while I drink my coffee, that was not going to work. So what I did instead was my treadmill was downstairs in the basement in the family room. And I just went down there and got on my treadmill, which was right behind the sectional that he was sitting on playing a game. And I just started walking on the treadmill. And he got very quiet. After a few minutes, he just started calming down. And it was just because I was co-regulating for him just by being near him. So never undervalue that. Now, am I saying that you should tell a child who's kicking and screaming, I'm going to sit down next to you? No, I'm not saying that. Now, if they're really small and they're not doing much damage, then you can sit, you know, four feet away from them. Anyway, you have to play that by ear. You, you know your child. I don't know your child. So you can also have a calming corner, especially for toddlers in a public room where everybody's hanging out, like maybe the kitchen or the family room, or maybe if you have a great room where everyone hangs out, make a little corner, put some pillows, a blanket, some toys. And this is kind of a think it over place as they get older, but when they're toddlers, it's just like, okay, you can't regulate, we need to be near you, but you need to get away from everybody else, okay? So when they get a little bit older, you can say, oh, you know, you need to think over what just happened. Now, just a caution, <laughs> your child will not turn into Pollyanna just because you created a think it over space. When the child is ready to talk it over, he may say ready with a voice of a Balrog. We've all heard it. You know, you ask the kid, are, are you ready? You want to talk this over? And they're like, yeah, I'm ready. It's okay. Accept that. Take that bar and lower it to where they can reach it. You know, you think of the Olympics where they're um, pole vaulting. And they're like, they can go so high. It's amazing. But think of your child pole vaulting over your expectations. They just can't reach that high yet. So lower it. Accept that voice. Accept that whatever they say in that moment if they're beginning to regulate and calm down. Okay? Lead the child through a redo or an apology. That means if they don't know what to say, don't keep saying, don't, don't you know what to say? You should know what to say. No, 
just even if they've said it a million times before, tell them what to say. Because when our brain is under stress, when we have that stress-shaped brain, then we cannot think clearly. So your kids are the same. Something that they've done a million times, they can't remember. Just think of a time that you were really under a lot of stress and maybe you couldn't even get your keys in the lock when you were at when you had arrived home from a difficult situation or you forgot the code or something like that. We all do the same thing. So go ahead and lead your child through with patience and with kindness, even though you feel like you need to bite your tongue off in order to do that. Go ahead and do that. Been there, done that. So also, when it is over, it's over. Don't keep bringing it up. Raising my hand here, I used to think that's the way you were supposed to parent. I used to think in my early days of parenting that it was important for me to remind my child of all the mistakes they had made the day before or even the week before. No, you cannot do that because remember yesterday I let you do that and you failed. Who needs to hear that kind of stuff? Do we want to hear that kind of stuff? Do we want our prayer time with God to be that way when we're asking for help to overcome our weaknesses? And I'm not saying your children are asking for help. They probably don't even know how to ask for help if they've had trauma. So if they do, good for them. But do we want to be reminded of all? I mean, we have mom guilt. If you're a mom, you know what mom guilt's like. You carry it all the time. But do we really want someone on the phone or through text or email saying, you know what? I can't go out for coffee with you because remember last time we went out for coffee and you gossiped about our friend? So no. No, we don't want to be reminded of those things. And our kids do not need to be reminded of those things. And that's a difficult parenting thing to overcome if you're stuck in a pattern. So it more relies on us. So when it's over, it's over. Don't keep bringing it up. Don't keep reminding them. And isn't that what we want for ourselves? We would like just, okay, it's over. I apologize. I asked for forgiveness. I did a redo. I just want to move on with a clean slate. Just give your child a clean slate and let them move on. So thanks for joining me today on Positive Adoption. Make sure you get on the wholehouse.org in the printable resource section and find your Instead of Tips infographic. And I will see you next week on Positive Adoption. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on the wholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the Whole House.